Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Roll the Rouge podcast. My name is Raj Baines, and joining me this week is, well, the Prince of Bath, the Sultan of Selfies, the the Titan of Tinder, Sebastian Safford himself. How are you, Seb? That's a bit like Apollo Creed in Rocky, isn't it? He's got all, yeah. those, all those names before he, he fights Drago. Weighing in at hundred pounds, uh, pounds. At a height of five foot four. It's <laughs> <Sebastian>. <laughs> what are you? Touch over five ten. All right. Yeah. It's still short. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, An average size man. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, how have you been, mate? Yeah, I've been okay, mate. Been um, I've been seeing my face a lot on Twitter in different <laughs> yeah. situations. We, we should probably get this out of the way. Um, yeah, how how did you find um, meme gate? It was fine up until I had to do some work. And then, um, you know, I was sort of typing away and, and then, you know, another photoshopped image of my face would appear with like me standing next to Tim Sherwood or Harry Redknapp or Ledley King. or um, And it was, um, I don't know, it, it just got a little bit weird when it was people I didn't know doing it. <laughs> um, so I had this so- image of like people, complete strangers having like several copies of my face on their desktop. Oh, they do completely. They, they, they completely do. Yeah. Um, right. It started um, when I tweeted competition spot the difference, and it was your face, just the normal selfie with um, the Arctic Monkeys cover next to it as a callback to. Uh, and that was very good. That was very slick bit of photoshopping. I the obs- no, it wasn't a Photoshop at all. It was just the the two pictures side by side is all I did. Oh, you I, I have, actually Photoshop it. No, I have no skill on Photoshop whatsoever. I couldn't if I tried do any of the others the next one jack tweeted new pod art which was um the, <laughs> the hand and the cigarette from the arctic monkeys cover into the selfie making it look as if you were smoking with roll the roost stickered in the corner as yeah, the that's, very yeah, yeah. that's very good yeah that's very good he puts in an extra level of detail i, I tell you what when, when jack did um when jack did that one with we'll, we'll get on to it okay all right the next one was uh bankrupt spurs who had the selfie but with Richard Keys and Sam Allardyce over each shoulder as if they were stood <laughs> with you taking the selfie, um, which was brilliant. And then Tim Abel got involved with uh, Sol Campbell over your shoulder, naked. Yeah, naked. Um, I was concerned was... by like how quickly he managed to <laughs> yeah, take Sol Campbell photograph. But it okay. was literally minutes. Yeah, I think that blew up in your face a little bit, Tim, to be honest. Um, 
and then the next one was Bankrupt Scares again, who'd um, put inserted you into an uh, a spurred on TV. Um, that was... that bankrupt. I'm not going to use your real name, but that was that was that was where the line got crossed. It, it's a fucking disgrace. Arsenal well. one to one. Yeah. yeah, and then your face is just crudely put in the middle of two people. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> uh, then Tim Abel got involved again after I asked I asked somebody to put you in an intimate position with Mary Berry if possible um, as a callback to our Bake Off days, but instead he he has Paul Hollywood um, so closely behind you it looks as if he's he's holding you. Yeah. Um, which is disturbing. Yeah. Uh, bankrupt again. Put you in uh, like what is this? A cane with an evening suit, I think. Dinner suit with a top hat on. Uh, which you do suit, to be honest. I mean, your face looks. If if we didn't know any better, that couldn't have been a Photoshop. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah, I look a little bit pale for it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack comes in with the winner, I think, here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, Tim Sherwood stood on the training field with Harry Redknapp and then you with your head over. I imagine that's Kevin Bond um, or Joe yeah. Jordan. Um, and then he's he's actually, you know, on the training kits, they have their initials of who they are. He's got SSB on there and it's genius. I didn't, I, You know, I didn't even notice that to, to start with. Um, and I just thought, ah, oh, Jack, yeah. He spent so much time over that. He's done. He did so little work while he was creating that. Um, the yeah, well, all, all of them did. Like, I, I don't know how these people maintain jobs because like, Bankrupt must have spent about three hours of his. I think it was a Thursday, <laughs> photoshopping me into different photographs. And then the next uh, one's equally good. It's you hope, propping up Ledley King on a night out, yeah. <laughs> but again, it, your head doesn't look out of place on this one. It could be you if we didn't know. Yeah. Jack came back in with you photoshopped over Jake Livermore for StubHub, um, advertising it. His, his caption for that is saying that um, you've been known to make dodgy calls with regard to the advertising partners on Premier League Owl. <laughs> um, which is funny. I, I sent that, these to my mum. She loved them. Sent all of them to you. Did you not, even send not, the last one? No, I didn't send that. Which is we don't yourself, know. No, she's listening. No. As the Sky Sports News reporter with a dildo in your ear. Yeah, no, that, that one. No. <laughs> that one. It's still funny. Yeah, but it's funny, but you, to be honest with you, it, it, you need the reference point for it to be funny. I mean, in football, oh, you have. <laughs> oh, it's good. Um, right. Um, we should probably talk about uh, how many games have we played since we last talked. Did we have any European games or anything last week? We didn't. We no, had a we midweek just, off. It's we just Aston Villa. Just Villa. You were at Aston Villa. I was. As was Jack. Did you and Jack manage to meet up? No, we um we talked about it. I um he um basically I I got a train that was getting into to Paddington at quarter to seven, and um it we were gonna sort of say a quick hello on the way to the you know on the way down the the high road, but um because of uh, you're gonna laugh at me because it's a sort of soft southern thing, but. The um the train was a little bit slow yesterday because of the fog. Um, so Jesus, the whole the whole world stops because the south got a bit of fog. Yeah, so I literally walked into the lane as it was kicking off. So I I just had to make a dash for it. But um, Jack and I, I'm going to Andelect on Thursday, so maybe. Uh, Is he off to that as well? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't spoken to him about that one. Maybe but get I'm, an earlier train and meet him for a pint. Yeah, could do. I I um, it's hard because I get um. When I when I because I have to leave quite early, I have to make sure all my work is done. So I can't just leave at like eleven. Um, but we um, we must do that at some point. My my energy for why don't you put your laptop in a bag and just um, take your charger with you, 
and then you can watch some films on the train and you can um, well, do some work in a coffee shop somewhere. Well, this is the thing. Part, part of the appeal of going, I mean, although obviously... Is not being sat in front of your computer. Is exactly that. I mean, you, you know what it's like to be a freelancer. You kind of, any time... You, you spend so much of your day sat in front of a laptop that you just think it's it's really liberating to get on a train and have nothing but like a book or a magazine or a phone or, you know. Um, and um, yeah, it's part of the appeal. It's a sort of enforced period of time off yeah um but how was the game uh it's a bit flat um and i I've, I've been looking at what people um my phone unfortunately died shortly after i left the game last night um and by the t- I, 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 I if i'm not sure this this person's watching but a um a spurs fan lent me their charger on the train last night and if they're listening uh thank you very much did for they that. know it was you is that why they did it was no it? no i just i just said that um a leap to the defence of yeah, uh, yeah, the I, great Sebastian. Yeah, I, I just, um, I kind of, I wanted to, you know, I wanted something to do because basically I, on the train back, I, um, it's quite a long journey because uh, at that time of night, there was a replacement bus service between Swindon and Bath. Uh, so I kind of thought, well, either I'm just going to stare into space for the next three hours or I do need some phone battery. But I was looking at what people were saying about it and, and, and people have been kind of, kind of scathing about our performance. And in reality... The impression I got was that Villa was so... It wasn't that Villa were bad. It's just that Villa was so nothing. We, we kind of fell back down to their level. We, we sort of... When, when Deli Ali scored his second goal, it very much felt like... Even when, actually, when, when Dembele scored, that felt like game over because they were just... They were hopeless. Um, and I think... It, we, the only disappointing thing for me was the fact that once we'd scored the first two, that the first period of the second half wasn't spent as it was against Bournemouth. Him. Yeah, where we just completely finished the game off. There was no chance of them coming back into it. Had we scored the Harry Kane goal then, it would have been a comfortable afternoon and we'd yeah. probably gone on to just, you know, strolling four or five. Yeah, well, um, I, I agree with that. I just think sometimes it's, it's slightly underestimated how difficult it is to to shift temperament in the middle of a game. So when you've settled into a pattern, because at 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 1-0, we looked comfortable because uh, they didn't look like scoring. We were comfortable for 90% of that match. Well, I, I think so. But also when you when you get into a situation where you've you've kind of, I think we were a little bit guilty of switching off um, for the goals, certainly. But when you've got into a pattern of, of accepting that the game is over and it's won, it isn't just like flicking a switch and going, all right, well, let's go and chase a third now. It doesn't really work like that. Um... And I thought that, to Villa's credit, uh, well, not to Villa's credit, because it was completely by accident, um, the players that came on, I thought Jordan Ayew played very well. He looked quite dangerous. Um, he looked dangerous in that he wasn't another Aston Villa player. I don't think yeah. he's... We had, he had energy. I don't think he's fantastic. He just he ran around a little bit more than them and shot a bit more. He wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> as if there was any added quality in what he did. There was just effort. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. That's kind of what they needed. One of their problems in the first half was that they, they were incredibly static whenever they got the ball, and they're really easy to defend against. If you if you watch, um, well, certainly from my perspective, um, they, in the first half... Where were you sat? Uh, Lower North. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Paxton. Yeah, but I um, it's the only part of the ground that I've ever... Um, I've ever sorry, man, I'm getting weird Twitter notifications. I'm, I'm doing that UMAXIT thing again where I'm not really listening to you properly. I'm going to turn my phone off. Hang on. Um, yeah, so um, it was... Watching them come towards me was, was kind of weird because um, um, they had Scott Sinclair up there and they had a Bonglehorn. And what you associate with them is movement and pace. And you, you expect them to stretch a defence a little bit. 
and I think what the, the, the benefit of having IU there was I, um, yes, it was just energy and commitment, but that's kind of what they needed. A little bit of vitality, if that's not too much of a, a gross phrase. Um, um, no, I don't think I, it is. I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, it was, the, the funny thing about last night was that even though we were winning 2-0, um, like, in the beginning of the second half, like, nobody around me said anything for about 20 minutes because it was just that kind of game. It was so flat because Villa were just so, they were, they were so easy to knock over. And it only became, there was only any sort of life in my part of the, the stand um, when, um, when they scored and when we were kind of trying to hold on a little bit. We had that like brief sort of five minutes where um, I think it, it was quite a long way. I think it was Gested who got, who, who sort of contested a header with Lloris. I couldn't, quite see i just saw big hair and i oh, thought you said, yeah it was that, that was Larice. Okay. yeah Larice went full gomez um where he just came out and tried to punch a player instead of going for the ball um he had a couple of dodgy moments in that game i think it was largely because he was bored and just wanted something to do um so he just came out of his of his goal inexplicably a couple of times um but uh, there was no way in that, that game that Aston Villa should have been letting the way they were towards the end. I mean, I understand the goal was completely fortunate mm. in that it, it ricocheted off the tongue and I think it was and, and went into a corner that, you know, I... otherwise it wasn't heading in. But it was, you know, uh, it, the reaction was good in that, that we went down and I, put I, I the I mean, best move of the game. Was it, I mean, it, I, 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 I have, I did record Monday Night Football and I am going to watch it, but like, it just. It just looked very fortuitous. The guy, I know we shouldn't have conceded it, and it, but oh, I, it was completely. But the okay. thing is, even if if we'd have conceded that goal, but had played properly that entire half, it would have been five one, not two one. But as soon as they get a fortuitous goal at two one, they automatically get a second win and go. We're only one goal away from a draw here, and with that new manager wanting to impress thing, it was a far more dangerous situation than we should have allowed ourselves to be in. Um, but. Again, we we reacted well. Uh, Eric Lamella was fantastic in the second half, especially. Um, and when I've, heard, sh- I've heard him being. I mean, I, I I said that this morning. I, I got on Twitter before, when I got up, and I was like, oh, I just thought he was great in that. I thought he had a pretty good game, but I thought he was great in that last fifteen minutes. We yeah. just wanted the ball, and I, I've been sort of abused for that a little bit. And I just thought, no, no, I think that's that's completely right. And I wasn't uh, outstanding. I just thought that that period of time he was showed a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of of uh, of bottle that yeah, other people yeah, yeah, had yeah. lost a little bit in that period because he he didn't shy away he wasn't shirking his job and you know that little bit of there was a couple of moments where him and Ericsson had some really beautiful touches there was the corner move which you know usually when people take a shot corner it's awful but those two managed to sort of dance around the oh yeah the yeah defense. that was lovely and um, there was the, there was the goal. A, a bit in the um, a bit right at the end of the second half um, which um, he. He was on the sort of the byline, um, sort of on the opposite side of the goal to where I was, and um, I don't know who the Villa defender was. Came in and, and, and tried to clean him out basically on the goal line, and he just skipped over that really nicely and won a free kick. And it was like it was little things like that towards the end of the game which helped to chew the clock a little bit. And, and I just thought that was um, I don't know. Just when you look at Eric Lamella, you don't associate him with kind of responsibility and having the balls to to say all right when the game's on the line and when we're under pressure, give me the ball. He's not, you think of him more as a sort of flair luxury player, but he, um, yeah, I just thought it was, I thought it was kind of symptomatic of his growth at the club to become like that guy in that situation. Um, but he did a lot of good things. I, I, um, maybe I'm wrong. I I just, it's kind of hard. Like 
the reason I'm, I'm, I very rarely sit at the end of, um, I mean, I, my season ticket was in um, the Upper South, but um, when I when I buy match tickets like individually, I not nearly almost go like um, on one of the sides because you, you just see the game much better. So you can't always get the perspective with, with a sort of the depth perception going on. Um, so maybe I'm wrong, but I just from from where I sat, it, it, it was just he. I don't know. There was just a little bit more, um, and he's, he's still got the sort of the, the ball stuck under his feet a couple of times. Um, but he. He just seems a little bit more confident, just knows what he's about to do with it. It doesn't look as if, you know, in those first few seasons, every now and again when he got the ball, he just, he seemed like he was making it up as he goes along. Yeah. Um, whereas there's a, the, the odd one touch. He did a lovely sort of, um, did a lovely step over in the first half when it ran through across the pitch and we went on the, the, the break. Don't know to who. This is, this is the, actually the problem with going to games, isn't it? <laughs> TV's so much easier. Um. <laughs> what I was going to say is um, about Lamella, um, given his work rate and everything, uh, through speaking to Rob Brown about other players and things, um, given he spent so much time in, in Argentina and has watched a lot more of their football, um, he says that they value what they call colloquially eggs, as in bollocks, yeah. uh, balls. They, they, they place that in much higher esteem than they do skill or flair so the likes of Carlos Tevez are, are inexplicably yeah. liked a lot more than Messi maybe um, so the fact that he, he has a bit about him maybe isn't too much of a surprise given he was you know, brought through in, in, in their leagues at River so there's um, there's some sort of cultural layover of, of exactly how he puts himself about from from the league and the place he was brought up in. Um, but if we if we spend a couple, well, of just, uh, just, just on that because I think that's a great point because uh, I was speaking to one of my friends uh, the other day. He's actually a Chelsea fan. He was saying, "Well, is anyone you really have a friend that's a Chelsea fan?" Yeah, no, it's a bad condition. It's like it's like having like a friend who's a leper, isn't yeah. it? Um, but he was saying, you know, is anyone surprised that, that Lamella's got balls? Because this is someone that played in a, in like a historically awful River Plate team. Um, you know, and all the pressure that comes with it. He was a teenager when he was there. And, you know, the idea that sort of playing for, for a sort of um, middle of the top half Tottenham team is any kind of, um, is in any way sort of inhibitive to him is, is just, is, is obviously nonsense. And I, I think he's absolutely right. And I think that's showing it. He doesn't, um, yeah. It's just, it's just a real character to Lamella, which again, we you got to look beyond the haircut and the willowy legs and the, the sort of the, the the sort of superficial frailty to to appreciate that, I guess. Yeah, um, we should probably give a couple of minutes to Anderlecht, given that we're playing them midweek. It's not yeah. worth it putting too much effort into it, but it's just a just win that match is essentially all we have. To yeah, do. I think we will. I, I, I rotate think the squad awful. ahead of Arsenal because that is the bigger match. Yeah, we've we've had this discussion once already this season, which is the bigger match, and it is definitely do not rotate the squad for Arsenal. No. You know, ro- rotate the squad before. Oh, certainly not in the league. No, no, no. Yeah, no. give Harry Kane a rest. Make sure. You know, even if it's a case of sticking somebody up front who shouldn't play up front, make sure that happens rather than Harry Kane playing too many matches before Arsenal. Well, I think um, there's going to... I mean, I'm not sure we can have too much... I, I think Danny Rose went off last night, so I don't know whether we'll end up with, with having to play Ben Davis in both games. Um, he can cope. You'd hope... So. No, no, I mean, but just in the sense of what we're going to be able to rest, who we're going to be able to rest and who we're not. Well, Ben Davies is not... The reason I say he can cope is that he's um, not played a lot recently because he's had his own knock, so he's, he's yeah. not going to be as fatigued as Danny Rose will have been. I would hope that sort of Son is able to kind of, you know, at least play some minutes. 
um, because he, it'd be lovely to have him back for the derby. Um, what? I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea about his fitness. I thought he was available for last night. I didn't realise. I, you know, um, Chadley's out, so there's it, not an awful lot you can do with that front line, really. Um, but I think the 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 brief would be win with Arsenal in mind for the Anderlecht game. Yeah, where do you know where um, Alex Pritchard is? He's injured. He had a yeah. I know, but, but for he? how long is he injured though? I, I don't know, know for for quite a while because he had to have an operation. Because I, I I thought he had an operation in the summer after the um, he had after... to have another one. I think part oh, of really? the season. Okay, yeah, I, I think that. there was a there was another um, setback in him joining joining up because he had to have a, a further operation, as far as I'm aware. Okay, all right. Because he did play slightly, and then um, it was... Uh, he came uh, on at the end of, uh, I want to say, was that uh, which game was it that we, the, that we lost? Stoke. Oh, no, no, the, the draw against Stoke. He came on at Stoke, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Right, I think that's the first half done. We'll do listener questions and Arsenal in the second half. <laughs> James McNicholas from Gunner Blog. Thank you very much for joining us. How are you? I'm very well indeed. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Um, we won last night against Aston Villa, so we're going into this game um, quite well prepared. We've got Anderlecht midweek. Are you away at Bayern Munich? We are indeed, yeah, so that should be simple enough. Yeah, have you have you got to win that match to get through in the in the Champions League? Well, we don't we don't have to win to get through. It would obviously help. A point would be really good. A point would be really good. But we've we've been there in the past and got good results. We won two 0 there a couple of years ago, albeit in a second leg that meant mean we went out anyway. I think we got a draw there not too long ago where Lucas Podolski scored. So we, we've got form out there, but I mean, and we beat them in the home leg, but I, I'm not too optimistic, to be honest. The Champions League, I think it's sort of, feels like it's gone for us, really. Even if we scrape through, uh, get through the group, I think we'll, we'll do our customary thing of going out in the first knockout stage. I think all eyes, really, are on the league this season at Arsenal. When's the last time you actually had a decent crack at the Champions League? 2006? Yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we had a decent run. I think it was 2008 where we went out against Liverpool uh, very late on. Uh, I think that was quarters or semis. Um, and we, could, we had a good, decent team that year and could have done something, you know, pretty all right. But we sort of, we stumbled, we fell away. And yeah, we just, we just, tend to just go out first, knock out every time. Normally it's Bayern or Barcelona who put us out, so good to get it over with in the group stage, I guess. Yeah, they've, they've done their job early. They can yeah. be happy with that. Um, in the league, um, you've you've started fairly well. You're towards the top end of the league. You, you're scoring plenty of goals and you actually seem more defensively sound than you do uh, usually because Francis Coquelin apparently is Patrick Vieira, depending on who you listen to. <laughs> um do you, uh, is it a realistic um, hope or an achievement to win the league this year? Because as somebody who's not an Arsenal fan, there is always that inevitable collapse around the corner that you expect with Arsenal. Because I think it was only a couple of seasons ago that you were you were top at Christmas and and mm. still and, and it didn't work out the way you would have wanted it to. Yeah, twenty thirteen fourteen, we had a really good start. We led the league in that year for longer than any other team, which just fell away in the spring, as you say. I think the problem with Arsenal, and obviously I say this as an Arsenal fan, is that we're very good at putting together a great half a season. You know, we do a great pre-Christmas run or a great post-Christmas run, but we have good calendar years. You know, the calendar year of 2013 was very good. The calendar year of 20... 
Uh, 15 has been very good, but we don't necessarily do it across the course of a season. And I think that's why some Arsenal fans, myself included, are reticent to go too boldly on the whole. You know, we've got a credible title challenge thing. Also, the injuries are creeping in again, unerring regularity. I think we've got eight senior players out at the moment. And there are a few. You mentioned Cockland. Genuinely, he's one who, if we lost him, um, the impact on the team would be massive. There's no direct replacement for him and a couple of others. So yeah, sorry, you could bring Matthew Flamini again, who's still that little messy at one. <laughs> well, I hope he'll start. I hope he'll start Sunday. To be honest, he's after his performance at White Hart Lane in the League Cup. Um, it was ridiculous. I don't understand where that that came from. Extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, certain players just I don't know have a knack of uh, producing in, in these games, but he. Yeah, he always does come get up for the derby. Actually, he made his when he returned to Arsenal from AC Milan. He made his debut, his second debut, as it were, coming on as a sub in the in the derby. I think it was one of the five two games, or I can't remember, but it was the one just before we signed Özil. Um, and he came on, and within two minutes, just clattered into someone, got a booking. He obviously enjoys them, but that was crazy. I mean, Flamini, you know, is 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 probably one of the more maligned players in the Arsenal squad. Probably one of the guys who would be quickest to get rid of. But to see him produce that at White Hart Lane was... I think the fact that he hasn't been playing that great made it all the more enjoyable, in a way. There are so many different subplots that go on at Arsenal at any given time. Yeah. I mean, even amongst your own fan base. So I probably don't need to tell you that you've got such a, a strong presence online that there are plenty of odd ones in there. I'm sure there are at every <laughs> club, but the ones at Arsenal seem to be a tad bit louder than everyone else. Maybe it's a, a dog fight between yourselves and Liverpool for that that title. <laughs> um but there's you mentioned Ozil and it and he's one that's constantly argued about whether or not he, he goes hiding, whether or not he has this this odd game in, in five or ten. What's the the general consensus towards him from Arsenal fans? Because he's either the greatest thing that's ever happened to the club, depending on what you hear from some people or he's completing a waste of time and space if you listen to others I think there's been some revisionism with Ozil I think he's been excellent this season actually you know he's got I think nine assists in ten Premier League games I think that's comfortably the highest in the league uh, he's created I think between Ozil and Santi Cazorla they've created more chances than Manchester United this season that's a nice stat but they he's been very very good this year but I don't think he hit the ground running in that respect you know I think his first two seasons were largely difficult um, and it's only been since coming back into the team after a, a three month absence in January that he's looked anything showed anything like the form he's producing now um, and that's you know I, I think it's it, it's, it's tempting with us. I always say Ezra's a bit like modern art you know there's people sort of looking at him and saying oh you just don't get it you just don't get it for a long time people were saying that he wasn't actually in my opinion, producing that much in terms of tangible results, you know, goals, assists. But now he is doing that and he's doing it in big games. He scored against Man United, scored against Bayern Munich. I think he's finally beginning to produce what you would look for for a player with that kind of fee. So I think that generally the fans are now very much on side with him, but it has taken time. And I think anyone who says, oh, since day one, he's been outstanding, I think is kidding themselves. I think there were definitely times where his heart wasn't quite in it and he, he struggled to acclimatise, but he does seem to be getting there now, which is a massive boost, obviously, to, to us. 
It may have been more used to you as well in those first couple of seasons, having an unmade bed on this pitch uh, <laughs> to, to bounce the ball off rather than Ozil and on some of the performances. Yeah, he, he, I agree. I mean, you know, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was... Um, I think he was he was bumped out of Real Madrid, basically. When when Gareth Bale went there, you know, they had to let somebody go. I don't think he was particularly... Did he? I'm not sure we've heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I don't think he was particularly keen to leave. And I think... Took him some time to get over that. He had some problems in his personal life as well that were well documented in Germany, but not very well documented in in England. And I just think it was a, a tricky time. But he's, he's coming good now, and uh, you know he took his time. But he looks like he might be worth the wait. Um, you wrote a piece the other day for you, Max, um, who we both write for, mm. um, which I found quite interesting. Um, in that you said that you need to start creating your own players again. Mm. Um, and given the amount of time that Arsenal fans spent asking for you to spend some money it seemed quite anachronistic towards the general consensus because you spent 40 odd million on on Ozil and, mm-hmm. and a similar amount on Alexis Sanchez and they seem to have been you know doing fairly well for you and, and seem to be focal points of the team now so would sort of retracing previous mistakes and buying you know French 14 year olds for 30 grand be the best way forward? Well, I think that basically, I mean, the academy's always been a really important part of what Arsenal do. And I think it, I think you're right. I think the marquee players have added an enormous amount. And in some ways, it's it's galling for Arsenal fans because during those lean years, you know, when we first moved to the stadium, everybody was crying out for big signings to come in. Everybody was saying, you know, we just need to add a couple of superstar names and that will change things around. And a lot of people said, decried that and said, that's too simplistic. But as it transpires, since Ozil came in and since Sanchez came in, we've won, albeit the FA Cup, two consecutive years. So the correlation is clear. I think basically, though, what we've seen is that, you know, in, in our Capital One Cup teams, uh, on the fringes of the squad when we've had to use young players, the the quality of what we're producing at the academy has actually dropped away uh, in in the last few years. And you know, we've lost Liam Brady. He's recently come back to the club, but the guy who was heading it up, it's a new new staff in there now. So. I just think that it's mindful to to have an eye on that because as much as we are a financial powerhouse now, there are still there is still a bracket of clubs that we can't quite compete with. You know, we're talking the Uniteds, the Cities, the Barcelonas, the Madrids. You know, who, and, and I think that anything that we can do to counteract that imbalance is going to help Arsenal break through on that Champions League level. Because as you pointed out earlier, that's still where we're falling short. You know, we're, we're not quite. In that top bracket, and with the with the the stadium and the money coming in now, we we ought to be pushing for that. Really, I don't suppose there's half an eye on what Tottenham are enjoying with Harry Kane and Bentaleb and Mason and and our own home yeah. players that may have I, I, fed I mean, into there that. Probably is to be honest. I mean, I think there was a time where it looked like Arsenal were going to do something very similar. We had a sort of a British core, which was you know um, people like uh, Oxlade Chamberlain. Wilshire, Kieran Gibbs, even Wojciech Szczesny, an academy product. But a lot of those players have fallen away. You know, Theo Walcott has stayed on. He's signed a new deal, but Carl Jenkinson's gone out on loan. Gibbs has been replaced in the first team by Montreal. Czech's come in. Szczesny's gone out on loan. Jack Wilshire, obviously, you know, perennially injured. So there was this sort of sense of a British core developing at Arsenal, but it's really fallen by the wayside. And it's actually quite interesting trying to work out why that is. I mean, as it happens, a lot of those players are very injury-prone. 
uh, that's definitely a factor. That's curiously, you know, curious sort of coincidence that it's the British guys who seem to really struggle on that front. But also, just you know, they haven't quite kicked on as you might expect. If you look at a player like Kieran Gibbs, you know, at one point sort of heralded as the new Ashley Cole, but miles away from Montreal now in terms of their performances. So, um, really interesting to see. You know, I, I think there probably is that little bit of envy that Spurs have that kind of homegrown hero feel, but. Uh, you know, and Arsenal, I think, crave a goal scorer. To produce a goal scorer from our own ranks would be something massive. We, we there's, there's high hopes for a guy called Chuba Akpom who's out on loan at uh, Hull, but you know we haven't yeah. done it for years. Haven't done it for years. Produced a striker from the academy, so that's he's sort of this year's Benikafobi. He is indeed. Yeah, he's exactly that. And I, you know, he's he started well at Hull, a couple of early goals there, but he's faded away a bit now but there's a real desire for us to to bring a striker through there's another one as well jay simpson jay simpson yeah yeah, yeah. He, he went to hull as well actually did they just buy all your your strikers yeah that's it that's it they'll be moving for bentner soon but i mean uh yeah so I, I think that's a fair point i think spurs have done very well on that front um and obviously you know as much as it, it, it pains me to say it there's some there's some good players who've come through there there was a very strange thing last season around the time of the derby um, where Harry Kane scored those two mm. goals. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, um, I don't want to bring up the Arsenal fan TV too much because I imagine that's a, a shame <laughs> on your house as much as it is for anyone else's. Um, I don't think yeah. you're involved with it, are you? No, 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 no. not to worry. Yeah, that's that's all right. I mean, I'd, I'd hang up I'm on sure, you if you were. I'm sure it brings... Uh... Lots of entertainment. It does. I, on one hand, it's entertaining. On the other hand, it's completely exploitative and an absolute cancer on the game. So there's <laughs> there's those things. I mean, yeah, the yeah. fact that people are making money off the fact that normal fans are, are being, you know, harangued after a match is, uh, you know, is disgusting. No matter what club it's at, even though it is, you know, after you do watch the ten minute clip of a, a middle aged man having a serious breakdown. Yeah, well, that um, is the part of the concern as well. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you sort of sit about it, sit and think about it objective, and you think, no, that's that's just not appropriate. And <laughs> these people are only doing it for their own gain. But um, what I was going to say is mm. um, that bully bloke, the the pirate man, yes. um, said um, uh, that he didn't know who Harry Kane was, and then after he'd scored the two goals, it was used by. Arsenal fans as a stick to beat Tottenham with that he was once in your academy and then you let him go, which seemed like a sort of backwards argument given that he'd just scored two winning goals. Yeah, yeah, no, that doesn't really add up. I have to say, yeah, I mean, I've been, I, mean I saw the Villa game and great finish from Harry Kane. I mean, you know, I keep expecting, I'll be honest, I, as someone who hasn't seen him like regularly, I, I sort of you always... You don't go out of your way to watch Tottenham. No, no, I don't, believe it or not. <laughs> and, I, and I keep wondering if, uh, you know, he is going to sort of run dry. And there was this sort of period at the start of the season where it looked that way, but no, he, he continues to, to impress. So he's doing well. And I think Ben Taleb is a, a pretty solid player from what I've seen as well. I, you know, I think he's smart. Mason, oh, I really love, the one I really love actually is Deli Ali. Um, I was desperate for Arsenal to sign Deli Ali because I'd seen him a lot at MK Dance and was obviously a Premier League player, you know. Uh, so I think he's a, a great acquisition for Spurs. Really exciting. Yeah, he's, been, he's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, the since we're talking about the rivalry and the thing, what's what's your opinion on how it sort of intensified over the um, over the past few years? Because I was explaining this to uh, Joe Devine the other night mm. um, because he doesn't really understand it as a Manchester United fan. He's got no sort of 
ill will towards Liverpool or, or Manchester City, whereas I was saying to him, maybe it's irrational, maybe it's not, but when Arsenal lose, it feels like a Tottenham win to me. And, yeah. and I, I, The only club I can't really bring myself to write about is Arsenal because I don't think I could be completely biased. We in, On our podcast, we've got our, um, our own fantasy Premier League team and we take out anyone who has Arsenal players in as a breach of our house rules. And there's little things like that that yeah, we yeah. do because there is that rivalry present. And it's not, you know, a, a, a singular thing that is only present in myself or a couple of people. This is pretty much 90% of each fan base, I would say, that it, that behaves that way towards one another. There is a, a level of vitriol there that, you know, has, has really sort of picked up its own life over the past few years. The, the, since Tottenham started to do a bit better and since Arsenal started to do a bit worse, it's almost as if the game has got a second wind. That's it. I mean, it's funny enough, I'm in, I'm in a fantasy league which has exactly the same rules but inverted. <laughs> and, and I think um, I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that there was those few years where Arsenal and Spurs were, were competing very closely for that fourth position. I think that brought the rivalry into sort of starker relief. Do you know what I mean? Because... You know, basically, we were in direct competition, um, and there was, you know, all the all the mind the gap business and all that that went on, and yeah. there was those big five two games that were obviously for highlights for Arsenal fans. Spurs, you know, even the last season they obviously had the it was quite a good one. Spurs last season wasn't it the draw and then the the Harry Kane game. Yeah. So it feels like, yeah, it feels like there have been a few. I don't know. It's just got that much intense and that much closer. And there have been a few times where people have said, oh, mate, has the momentum shifted and then it's gone another way? Or, But I feel like the you're right. The clubs, you know, Arsenal won't like it. But Arsenal 10 years ago were, were right at the top of the league and Spurs probably a little bit lower down than they are now. But the clubs have definitely moved closer together in terms of in terms of the league table at any, at any rate. And I think, obviously, that lends greater gravitas to proceedings. I, and I don't know. It probably makes... The atmosphere at the ground that little bit more intense too, because there's that much more riding on it. Yeah, I mean, in preview, obviously, I can't think of the game through an Arsenal perspective. Mm. But back when you were winning leagues and you know doing your undefeated thing and stuff like that, and we were a, a lower league, a lower not a lower league, a lower table side. Sorry, mm. um, there almost seemed to be an inevitability about the fact that you would beat us without really getting out of second gear because mm. we just didn't have a, a team worthy of competing. Whereas now, over the past few years after that game, I think it was the Danny Rose goal game that we, we won mm. the first time. Yeah. Um, with Gareth Bale scored as well. And since then, it's almost been, you know, trading punches every season. It's It's been a real slanging match. And, you know, we've been at a level now where one team can beat the other. And it's almost as if you know, that old cliche of the form book going out of the window does exist in this match. Yeah. And they, they rarely disappoint either. It's not like, uh, you know, we, we won't have a... Well, I say we won't, but we're probably jinxing it now. But we rarely have a disappointing derby where it's nil-nil or nothing happens. There's no talking points. No, there's always true. something completely batshit that happens and there's a for-all or something. I think it's probably one of the more entertaining derbies in the Premier League. I think it might be the most entertaining in terms of, as you say, delivering. And what's interesting about these games... For Arsenal, is they're often really landmark games. They're games that are they they our season often hinges on them. You know, I'm thinking of even the defeat that we suffered earlier this year, uh, where Harry Kane got that header. Um, we after that we went on a brilliant run. 
you know. And it was the same in 2013 when Gareth Bale, I think, scored twice, broke the offside trap on two occasions. Is Aaron Lennon scored the other one? Oh, yeah, Aaron Lennon scored the other one, yeah. We, we then went to Bayern Munich and won and, again, went on a brilliant run that sort of extended to the end of that year. So it, it feels like the consequences of this game are significant. Like, win or lose, it tends to provoke something in Arsenal. So they, they, our season's often punctuated by these games. And, obviously, uh, we'd, we'd rather they were wins. I mean, the game this Sunday feels... Um, feels as big as any actually I think because both teams obviously come into it in in really good shape yeah we've not we've not lost in the league since the first day of the season yeah away at Manchester United which is pretty much probably their best performance of the season which mm. is always the way for us um we've um we've We've when we're a more solid team than we've ever been before with Pochettino. I mean, as a manager, he's given us a, a real bit of bite that right. we previously didn't have. The the work rate is ridiculous. Though I mean the the Bournemouth game where we won five one, understandably they're not very good. But even though they were three four one up, they didn't stop running. There were there were points in that match where they were genuinely running rings around them and not in a metaphorical sense. Mm-hmm. Um and is that, a, is that a worry for Arsenal, the fact that it's not soft-touch Tottenham anymore, the fact that they've got a bit about them, they're going to you know, actually come and give an effort? If that's you know, the, the least thing that they can do, they will try. Yeah, I think that, I mean, obviously that's where, I mean, I suppose I'd be curious to know, like a Spurs, is, is this version of the Spurs team with Pochettino in charge, are they happier sort of with or without the ball? Do they want possession or do they want to sit back and then hit you on the break? What's What suits them? They can do both. Right. Um, they can actually adapt themselves to, to... I mean, for example, last night, they they must have had over 60, 70% of possession and they looked very comfortable. Um, I think the the problem comes in the, the final third and, and actually when the team sits back, they have more issues. Like breaking down a team isn't the easiest thing in the world to do if there is a team that will put 10 men behind. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The ball, it doesn't directly buy into what we want to do, but obviously that's not going to happen on the weekend. We can, you know, we will win the ball quite high up the field and score. That's how we how we scored against you last season is mm. what we tend to do against bigger sides. It's what we did against Manchester City when we beat them, was it 4-1 earlier yeah. this year? Yes, it was. Is, um, we we sort of will pressure you and we'll we'll attack you in the final third and then we'll we'll slip a ball through and somebody will be there to finish and I think that's that's how Chadley scored last season at the Emirates mm. was um, was 
catching a, somebody in possession. It was a Flamini error, actually, as I believe. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not all good. Yeah. But he's, that's he's, interesting because I, um, yeah, Arsenal's, the, the real change at Arsenal this season has been, Arsenal have always been a team very obsessed by possession, by keeping the ball. You know, Arsene Wenger would go into a press conference after a game if we'd lost and point out how much of the, we'd had of the ball, even if we hadn't necessarily done that much with it. Um, but won the passing. Yeah, exactly. But this year, there's been a bit of a, a bit of a sea change in that I think that the, the team looked much more dangerous on the break than they have done for some time. And obviously, that's going to be a bit tempered by the fact that Walcott's not available. But even so, you know, Alexis Ozil, uh, Campbell, if he plays, are, are guys who look to break with pace and, and we look to release people from deep and much quicker. So I wonder if they'll be happier for Spurs to have uh, more of the ball than, than they're accustomed to in this game. It'll be very interesting to see how it plays out. I think, yeah, Spurs are, Spurs have done really terrifically well this season, and it's. I mean, how? I mean, how far do you think they can go? Uh, we wouldn't. I mean, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to project it on anybody else, but I wouldn't say top four or anything like that. I mean, I think it's ridiculous to expect that sort of thing given how how big a discrepancy is in financial power between us and the, the teams that are up there. It's yeah. regular Champions League football isn't going to be something that's available for us until we go into our new stadium and, and sustainably grow ourselves into something much bigger. We're not, we don't have the Mansour money. We don't have the Abramovich money. We, you know, you guys have got yourself into a position now after a period of time in, in your stadium where you have a much more healthy cash flow than ever before. Yeah, and yeah. Manchester United are sat on ridiculous reserves themselves. So it's not it's not really... A, a, we're always punching upwards. So people who expect that much are always setting themselves up for a fall. So as long as we finish in the top six, which I think is pretty much our, our median, then we'll, we'll be fine. Um, and that's... Uh, expecting any more than that, I think, is... Um, slightly ridiculous but it doesn't mean that we can't put in the one-off performances where we beat a side that's up there it just means that probably across the course of a season we're going to slip up enough times to just cost us that um that top four place but we're in we're in a if if I was being allowing myself some positivity we're in as good a position to put together a run to actually make it seem we as we could get there as we have been for a good number of years right yeah interesting I mean, I, I think uh, I suppose Chelsea's Chelsea's. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a, yeah, and that a nice. Well, saying that we'll finish fourth and they'll win the Champions League. So <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's always that. Yeah, I've seen that one before. Yeah, yeah, that that, that, that joke isn't funny anymore. <laughs> um, but um, I wanted to ask you about Wenger because there's been yeah. rumours that he's going to leave in 2017, and there's obviously. Jokes again on behalf of your online presence that every time you lose, you know, Wenger out is the hashtag, and people seem to, you know, back back and forward in in their opinion of the man. And obviously, you've got Pierce Morgan sounding off. If if you haven't been clever enough to block him on Twitter, then he's obviously going to be, you know, spreading his bile. And I, I he's the one person I actually feel sorry for Arsenal fans that you have to associate yourself with because <laughs> I think he's he's worse than any club. Yeah, that's true, definitely. <laughs> um, I, I mean, we've got Alan Sugar, but he's just a, a doddery old man at the end. He's of just the day. doing he's, his score updates, isn't he? Just yeah, letting everyone know what's going on in the game. Yeah. He's he's just a bit he's just a strange man. Um but um what about um what, what about Wenger? Do you think it's it's time for him to to step down or you you were alluding to a change of style? Is he actually 
sort of silently admitting that what he was doing previously wasn't in conjunction with with how to achieve success in modern football? It's difficult with Arsenal because he's so stubborn. You know, so we'll win a game like the uh, the Bayern game uh, the other week, and it will be predominantly through counter attack, and then. They'll go into the press conference and they'll say, oh, "Is that was that how you planned it?" And he'll sort of go, "Well, no, not really. I was planning to keep the ball, but the team just sort of dealt with it on the field." I think, um, you know, Arsenal's really bought himself some uh, some credit among the Arsenal fans by winning those two FA Cups. I think, you know, just before we did that, that his position was almost untenable. I remember the FA Cup semi final in 2014 against Wigan. We were losing in the last ten minutes, and I remember watching it and thinking. Well, I'm watching the end of his reign here. I mean, it was it was pretty grim times, uh, and we looked like potentially losing fourth to Everton too at that point. So uh, he's really fought back from the brink in that respect. His deal ends 2017, as you say, but I think I don't think he's got a great desire to to hang up his I don't know zipper coat or whatever you'd call it. I think I think he wants to stay on, and I think there's no real appetite in the club to change. I don't think there's an executive there who's got his eyes on someone. It's not like Manchester City where they've lined up a Guardiola or the Liverpool situation where Klopp was clearly in their sights. You know, I don't think there's anyone who Arsenal sort of have got their eye on to, to succeed Wenger. And I think if he wants to continue, they'll let him. Um, and I think so. I, my my anticipation is that he will get a new contract despite his considerable age and stay on. You know, I think it wouldn't surprise me to see him here until he's seventy. To be honest, it's been done before at other clubs, and and I don't see, I don't see any great sort of movement within the club for change, which I have mixed feelings about. To be honest, yeah. Is there any fear that, given what's happened at Manchester United, that the longer he stays on, the more spectacularly the arse is going to fall? No pun intended. <laughs> the arse will fall out of the club when you know he eventually leaves. I think uh, that's going to be impossible well not impossible but very difficult task whatever the case now you know it's two decades sort of whichever way you slice it another two years here or there isn't going to make that much difference that and the thing about Arsenal is that he's replacing him will probably take more than one man you know you'll probably need a coach but you'll also probably need some sort of sporting director because he basically does both of those roles he is the the conduit between the playing staff and the board he's kind of everything you know he's autonomous so I think you might be looking at two or three people uh, having to uh, sort of take up the workload and the, the, the responsibility he currently holds. Um, to help usher in the Tim Sherwood era. <laughs> yeah, oh God, God forbid. I mean, it's funny, you know, he's been replaced by um, Remy Gard and he's a, a guy who's often been linked with Arsenal as a former Arsenal player. But really, I don't think anyone has any, any clue what's going to happen. It, it must be... I can tell you as an Arsenal fan, it's very difficult. It's, you know, Spurs have chopped and changed managers over the years. It's very weird when your club is so closely identified with one guy. You know, there are fans now who don't know an Arsenal without Arsene Wenger. Um, it will be the most one of the most interesting periods in our modern history when he eventually goes. And it will be a time where, you know, if Wenger's got many flaws, but one thing you have to credit for him for is his consistency. He's, you know, he never drops out of that top four. And albeit, albeit he doesn't you know, deliver the Premier League every year, but there is a bar by, by which, uh, below which he does not drop. And I feel, you know, you look at United when Moyes came in, they went down to seventh. Look at Chelsea with Jose Mourinho. looks like they might 
have a similar season. They've had one in the past, as you say, in the year when they won the Champions League. I think Arsenal can expect some rockier times. I think they'll probably, you know, might, it could go either way. Uh, and in a way, that's exciting because our consistency, as valuable as it is, is also a little bit uninteresting. You know, I think a lot of, my, a lot of the frustration with Arsene Wenger stems from, I think, boredom. I think, you know, a lot of Arsenal fans are tired of seeing the same story again and again and again. It's not that it's not a good story, just that we've heard it a lot of times. And that's why there's a little bit of hunger for for novelty, for something new. But there's also a lot of appreciation of the job he's done. And as you say, the position that he's put us in, I think we had a really difficult decade where we didn't win anything. And there was some, you know, the Abue years. But uh, I think history will redeem that period. I think, you know, I think in time we'll recognise that actually he did quite a smart job stewarding us through what was quite a, a, a tricky patch. Looking ahead to the, the weekend's game then, um, what do you think is going to happen? How do you expect it to to unfold? Obviously, it's not the greatest game to try and predict, but... Um... Yeah, for all, I think. <laughs> yeah. Very difficult to say. I mean, as you say, Spurs haven't lost since the opening day of the season. Incredibly fit, you know, worked very hard defensively. Arsenal were very good at Swansea in the second half. Um They've got real goal-scoring potential at the moment. I think they've had three or four three-nil wins in the, in the space of a month. Um, it's very close indeed. I think I'd probably edge towards Arsenal, but I think it'd be very tight. Uh, in my head, I'd probably say a, a narrow two-one victory. I just feel like there's a, a lot of momentum with Arsenal in the league at the moment, and at, at the Emirates Stadium, I think it's going to be uh, just maybe favour them, but. Very, very tight indeed. A draw wouldn't surprise me. What about yourself? Would, would you take a draw? Would I take a draw? Um, oh, I don't like saying it, but you know, I probably, <laughs> I probably would. I probably would. A draw wouldn't be a bad result. A draw wouldn't be a bad result. Arsenal's next league games are against West Brom, Norwich, Sunderland, and Villa before we play Man City. So, plenty that, of. That is the most Arsenal running in that you don't pick up enough points during those four matches and then beat Manchester City <laughs> is how it should unfold. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Well, I mean, in theory, there's an opportunity there to to rack up some points. But, you know, as you say, we probably won't do it. But, I, uh, yeah, I think I, I... I wouldn't, you know, look, I wouldn't take a draw. Let's say that. We wouldn't take <laughs> But if, if we came away from it with a draw, I don't think I could term that a bad result, given how Spurs are playing. Right. I think I think it'll be a draw. I think it'll be a score draw. Right. I could see that. I could definitely see that. I was thinking sort of 2-1 or 2-0 or is sort of how I feel about it. it. It'll be very tight, I imagine. I don't think this is going to be a 5-2 mauling or anything like it. Yeah, I think I, I actually think it'll be a draw um, because I think there is... I, I think it's going to be one of those matches which is just endless for 90 minutes and it's going to be... No fun to watch for either side. Yeah, frenetic. Um, yeah. I think it'll be a frenetic one. Yeah. Somebody will get sent off, I think. Probably, yeah. Probably. We don't have Adi Bayar anymore to you know put his foot through anyone, so there's, no. there's not that subplot. No, that's a shame. That was a, an interesting subplot, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I think we actually went 2-0 up in that game. I don't know why I'm bringing it up. I don't know why you're bringing it up there, no, but you did. <laughs> you did. It was, I was there. It was absolutely mortifying. And then it all changed around, but there you go. Thanks for that. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thanks very much for your time, uh, James. Um, no problem. 
no luck for the weekend. We usually wish people luck, but I can't bring myself to be that nice to you. No, fair enough. I, I won't. I won't return the favour either. <laughs> uh, but look, let's see what it brings us. I, I, what, I think it'll be a good game. That's for sure. We can say that much. Excellent. Yeah. I, yeah. I imagine for the neutral, it'll yeah, be exactly. something worth enjoying. Um, it's usually a match where, during the match, you, you don't enjoy it. But if you win, it's one that you stay up and watch for match of the day because you actually can watch it with some level of, of calmness. Yeah, it'll be ag- agonising for us. But, I mean, fun for the neutral, definitely. All right. Um, well, have fun, um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you later on this season. All right, mate. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Thanks to, uh, to to James for speaking to us about the, the derby. Um, we don't need to cover Arsenal too much because he's obviously gone through that with us. Um, but how do you feel about the game, Seb? Is it, is it, I, I asked him towards the end of that um, it, whether or not he'd take a draw and he quite um, reluctantly admitted he would before the game given how well we're playing. Um, given that they're playing well as well, would you take a draw? Oh yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get hammers for saying this, I know, but they're they're playing great at the moment. I mean, they um, it's not it's not just like the obvious stuff. Like obviously Sanchez is great and and everything, but Özil started to play really really well. Um, and I just I worry a little bit about what because uh, Eric Dyer's played um has has done excellently since sort of adopting his new position. But I think you need um, I think you need a little bit of nous to cope with someone like Özil when he's in this form because he drifts around the sort of the front line a little bit and. Yeah, I'm a bit, bit, bit afraid, if I'm honest. But um, yeah, no, take a draw and move on. Definitely preserve our winning streak, our, our unbeaten streak, and uh, carry on. Um, I don't think we need to speak about the game anymore. Well, well, it doesn't really, like, I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? it, it, it there's no real point in us analysing it, because it's just... It's, it's it, a, well, this is what I said to, to James. It's one of the most unpredictable derbies in the yeah. country in that you don't know what's going to happen. I always feel a little bit afraid when we go there. I, I I just because I I don't know I um there's something about it I just like we I can hear it, you shifting uncomfortably as you see <laughs> as, you, as you say it no but I mean I I just it's um I I I think we're we're, we're very resilient and I think we're fully capable of, of of doing something there but I just they you know when they get on top of us there I mean remember last year when um when they were pressing for that equaliser it was like watching the first bit of Saving Private Ryan. It's like Omaha Beach. It was just brutal. Um, and it's just, I don't know, I just, I, all I want, all, all I ever want in the derby is for us not to beat ourselves if we lose. Just just make them beat us. And and it's different when it's the lane, clearly, but like, go there and don't do that kind of Palacios thing from kickoffs or, you know, nothing stupid. Um, no Ricardo Rocha headers. Oh Nothing god, like... that was appalling! I remember that Wait, when he headed the ground. Yeah, yeah. that was like oh. his debut performance for us as well. Just put your fucking foot through it, mate. Who was it? Was it Rosicki that scored from it? Possibly. Because I think Mido would Mido would equalise in like the ninetieth minute. I uh, that game, yeah. I um, I I was moving houses at the time, and um, I'd moved out of my old house. But the only thing I hadn't left was I hadn't, I hadn't moved out was um my TV. So the day before I was supposed to, to um, the, the, the lease was supposed to expire, I was sat in there with no sofa, no food, no electricity, no heating, no anything like that, just TV watching that. How did you watch Shit, the TV with no electricity? 
Oh, there's electricity then. There must have been. But there was no heating. I remember that. There was no gas. There's a plot hole there in your story, Seb. Yeah, that sounded, yeah, that sounded suspicious. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just a... Uh, yeah. I remember it being very cold. You sound like you were squatting in your own house. It felt like that because there was no furniture. Um, there was no furniture and it was just a TV. And I needed, um, I, I needed uh, a friend's car to move the TV. So, and also when, um, when I moved into that new place, I didn't have any sky, so I couldn't bring it in, bring the TV in until I'd had a satellite dish put up. So it was, um, yeah. It's a thrilling chapter of your life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we'll do some listener questions. Let me find them. Uh, first one, um, Nikhil Saglani says, would you rather be Arsenal twice a year but finish below them in the league or lose both games and finish above them? Beat them twice. Beat them twice and finish below them. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I'd probably take that as well. Twice, two two points of happiness rather than one. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, league table is what it is. I mean, it's about the games. It's not about the... I mean, I know we're likely to say that because we don't finish above them, but it's true. You, you, there's no if you if, if you lose the derby twice and you finished above the other team, so what really? Yeah. Um, Sean Gormley says um, we were two one up and under pressure, and it was the perfect situation to bring Townsend on with Richardson booked. Is it proof that he doesn't rate Townsend? Uh... I actually I tweeted I, at the, I tweeted at the time that it bring Townsend on because we've. With Aston Villa stretching the game and the fact that direct counter-attacking football was the order of the day at that moment in time, then that's what... I think that's the one situation that Andros Townsend is purpose-built for. Um, And I think that's one where he would have actually been the most effective because he would have had lots of space. But uh, it's an interesting question because he he doesn't use Townsend nearly nearly as much as as people may want him to. I... um... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I query the the logic in an aggressive move because if you're saying you want you want to bring Townsend on to to play against Richardson, then you're taking Lamella off, and Lamella is the better defensive player. And, and if you're leading a game, why why be that aggressive? I mean, I don't think it's proof of it. I, I don't think Pochettino does really trust. I think I, I don't think it's right. I think it's trust Townsend. That's probably yeah. I'd go along with that. He's um... Do you think he'll go in the summer, Townsend? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, but I, I that's fine because I, I, I get it. I just don't. I think I don't think I, I, I. There's enough evidence to suggest that. I mean, Pochettino's faith in Lamella seems to be total, and if Townsend's, you know, he, 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 we've said this before in the pod, but like Townsend has to think about his England career. Or you know his career in general. You can't if you, he's not going he, to the Euros this, this summer. Well, the thing is, is, is he, Roy Hodgson won't need much encouragement to pick him because he never has done. Hodgson obviously likes what Townsend can do, and there aren't many English football doesn't have a lot of like of credible into out out to in sort of um, inverted wingers, and and Hodgson likes that in a team. And, you know, all he needs to be doing is playing regular football and playing to a decent level. He's not playing regular football this year, though. No, but that's what I mean. In, in that, like, there's a, a transfer window coming up in January. You think he'll go in January? I think he might go out on loan in January. Well, that's a big call. I, don't, I didn't see that because I thought our, our squad's a bit thin on the ground. As soon as someone catches it, it, a, an injury, he would be coming in. I imagine he'll, he'll start of the week in the week against Anderlecht. He'll start against Anderlecht, but I, I, it, our squad is thin, but it's not necessarily that thin in that area. 
I mean, you've, you've got Lamella, you know, sort of the natural right-sided player there. And Jay is clearly intended to play there as well. Uh, when fit, Chadley covers it. Son covers it. I mean, it, it's one of those, yeah, yeah ideally it's, it's kind of useful to have Townsend around because he can do things that other players can't. But then if it's given to him as a choice, if, if the club were put in a position where they were able to bring another forward slash attacking midfielder in and let Townsend leave on loan, I don't think, I don't think they would dig their heels in too much. Do you? I'm not sure. I don't think he'll go this season. I think, I think the January window is one that we don't use that often, and I don't think we will again. I think it'll be a summer job. I think January is uh, a desperation window, and I, yeah, it is. And definitely. I don't. Th- uh, Whereas where other clubs actually treat it as an opportunity to to bring in um, new players, I think given what we've seen before, I think the better mentality for for a Tottenham fan to treat it as is, is if there's something desperate to be done then there'll be a cheap option brought in. But essentially what we start the season with is what we'll end the season with. And if there's a cheap player on the continent that we may be able to buy, um, you know, a Lewis Holtby for three or four million, then that will be done. And because it's essentially that's that's a negligible cost. But anything, any serious acquisitions won't be made. And we, we, we end the season how we start it. And I actually think there's some merit to that because then you actually give the squad an attempt to be a squad and show what they can do over a, a proper sample size of a season. With a pre-season too. Exactly. Which is, yeah, but I mean, you've also got to think about it from another club's perspective. Supposing, um, if you look at the table now and consider everyone below 10th, if there's a point in January where someone thinks, I want to make a guarantee, I, I, I want to secure that uh, the, the TV revenue in, in 2016-17, um, is there not a case where, where another club says, all right, well, maybe not on loan, but here's, here's 10, 15 million for Andros Townsend. The club are not going to... I don't think the club would say no to that. Yeah, I think it, yeah, it'd have to be. Because Jan, January January inflates prices. We know this because you, you're quite right. Anything, it's a over, any, anything over 10 million, I think, would... You, you, you take it, I think, with all due respect to him. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's, uh, I think that's right. Um, how's Tinder going? <laughs> Obviously, this, oh, this conversation no. went well for you last time. Yeah, I'll try and keep really myself great. much more composed. I'm, I'm much more prepared for it than I was last week. I've got, I've got to be careful with my words. I haven't had much sleep, so I just I'm I want to trip myself them. up. Yeah. Tinder's going um, well then. It, it's 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 fine. It's a bit. What what is um? <laughs> this is the bit that gets me. It's when you it's when you sort of. Take a big sigh and then ask a question. It's, it's well, because brilliant. I don't know what what is what does it mean. <laughs> I know. Oh, uh, when someone super likes you, what does that mean? Oh, I read about this on the Verge the other day because uh, I don't, I don't like, use the app myself. Um, I think it's like a guaranteed way of making them know that you uh, you you like them. So yeah, but doesn't that don't, I mean? Because it, it makes sure that the other person knows that you've already swiped on them, um, from what I remember. Um, so it's not, you know, like when you normally do it. Um, and they just come up yeah. after, they, they just appear on, on the screen yeah. going, someone has, yeah. you've matched with somebody. Yeah. So how's it going then? How, how, uh, let me open it up, I'll tell you, hang on. I want to I wanna hear numbers, cold hard statistics. Has the, um, has, has the extra dirty girl got back to you? No, you know what? I, she um, deleted you. No, it turns out that... Was it part of a phishing scam? 
I, I think it probably was because <laughs> I got I got the exact same message from somebody else the other day. All oh, right. And I thought, okay, All oh, no. right. So, um, mean, so me, and, me and Jack did say off, off air that we thought it may have been a. a yeah, you know, it, it seems to be that way. Scam. Yeah. Um, so what do you get? Is that seriously the thing? There's like sex robots. No, I've only seen it. I've only seen it twice. But like, there was that one girl, and then uh, yesterday another one that, came through. Someone. The the perverse yeah. thing about that is that they must be stealing images of random women off the internet to trick yeah there's a, it's an entirely different conversation isn't yeah, it? it's um it's pretty dark stuff the arsenal fan tv of tinder <laughs> or another or another brand of club television yeah. that we won't mention we won't give publicity to yeah um yeah it's going good i i, I match seem to match with a lot of people which is nice um but i don't i don't know people when people message you they sort of I, 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 in all full disclosure, Raj, I, I'm not entirely comfortable with the process. Oh, talk us through one of your conversations. Okay, I'm not going to mention the name. Let me okay, let me go into this one. All right, so it's just um, it's just this kind of like I uh, just read it out, mate. No, I'm not doing that. No, no, that's 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 not that's not cool. Why not? not doing that. Uh, no, I just, well, you that's, don't want to you don't want to share your moves. No, because no moves. That's that's the point. It's all so banal. It's kind of like oh, how's your how's your weekend and. And it's just. Um, do, you ever, feels... do you ever ask women if they want to meet up in Bath and then just send them a selfie of you sat in a bath? No, I've never done that. You should, never should, will... should try it. No, I think you're overestimating how funny that gag might be. <laughs> is, is, do you hear it a lot in Bath? No, never. Oh, that's a shame. I hear, I hear it from a lot from people like you who are still what struggling. What do you mean, people God. like me? Yeah, people who live outside of Bath. Mm. Right, it's just sort of the novelty of, of the name and they, 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 they giggle and smirk away in the background. <laughs> That you don't know. Yeah, um, it is a stupid name. It's, but yeah, um, I don't know. No, I just it's not for me. This at all. How many? How many uh, matches are there? Uh, hang on, count. Yeah. The fact that you have to count, count means it's going fairly well. Yeah, but this is the thing. It's just it, it's also incidental. It's like people. Um, I, I I don't see the point. It's like it's like it, it's like Twitter basically. Just with the kind of the vague undercurrent. <laughs> what do you mean vague undercurrent? It's, it's, it's an explicit kind of like, undercurrent. Yeah, it, it is and it isn't. It's kind of, it, it's like, you know, people, when people message you, they they sort of, they pretend they don't, They, I mean. Oh, they, they act all coy as if it isn't. They act all coy as if like, well, why are you on here? And, and you're sort of, you know, like. Sounds I, I, like I, I, when I, are you coming over? <laughs> Come on, love. <laughs> No. Well, you've swiped right, I've swiped you know, right. You know what this I find really weird is, is when, like, every now and again, I come I'll across... I'll show you the tugboat. Like, <laughs> every now and again, like, when, when you're when you're swiping through the pictures, you come across one which is just, like, the picture Your of mom. someone's cat. No. <laughs> no, that's not allowed. So someone's cat, or, or someone's put, like, their child on here. Oh, yeah, I don't think, understand that. That is fucking wrong. My mate had that's one not... where she was uh, in a photo on her wedding day. <laughs> That's a I mean, profile like, picture, wedding day. Oh, I, I mean, just, oh yeah, people do put put up pictures with their partners. I mean, just like look, it's all well and good laughing at me for using it, but really, do you actually understand what this is? I mean, no, I think know, they you... do understand what it is, which is why they're on there, mate. Okay, all right. All right. they're okay. on they're on there for some underhand. Uh... Oh, so it's like a, a Gareth Keenan situation? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Um, no, so I've matched with. 37 37 people. jesus you're a machine man <laughs> how many have you spoken to 
about four. About four. What what age bracket did you put? I'm not. Uh, I'm uh, between twenty five and thirty five. That's all right. A bit younger, a bit older. <laughs> take take that tone out of your voice, Baines. Is it? Are they all thirty five year old? No, it's just the range. <laughs> You're gonna have uh, to send me some screenshots of these people off air. I will do off, off air. Yeah, off air. <laughs> it's just it's like the. I want, I, I want I want you to enter into a, to a, an oral contract about the usage of that. Oh photo. no, they'll never be... get shared, mate. They'll never get shared. Um, yeah, mate, you, you have previous in this department though. What? With not... No, the, only the selfie. And we yeah, told that... we explicitly told you on the show, and it wasn't even me. It was Jack okay, that said I, those selfies okay. would be to, they would be used. And you said, yeah, okay. fine, you gave us permission. The fact that it took on a life of its own in meme format was, you know, something else entirely. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever even had as much reach with an article as that. <laughs> I mean, that's just something really You should put it on that. your LinkedIn, uh, Twitter meme. <laughs> Several screenshots. Figure of fun. I really want yeah. you to change your, um, just change your, change your Facebook profile one to one of the more um, subtle ones, like the one with Sol Campbell in the background, and see how long it is before somebody notices that it's not the same selfie. No, no, there's no, there's no Sol Campbell. Never Sol Campbell. What, what about what other ones? The dildo one. No, don't like that one. That one. It's just that's, that's shoddy Photoshop. See, that's oh, my professional. Sense. That's a bit harsh. <laughs> The, if you, I think you should use the uh, the training ground one. The training ground one is outstanding. Yeah, that should be your that should be your header photo on Twitter. Yeah, no, well, because I, I kind of rely on on like certain Twitter things for work, so I don't really want that. But I'm more than willing for that to become like a, a Facebook photo. You know, something I've just realised, Seb. Yeah, it's episode ninety nine of Roll the Roost. Next week's our hundredth, and we haven't planned anything. Tell you what, mate. If we lose the derby, that's going to be a fucking depressing one, isn't it? I think we should miss a miss a week. If if that's our hundredth show, we should miss a week. Okay. Uh, Jack will be down for that. I, I didn't even think of it through that prism. It's right time in that, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh Christ. Yeah, that's not good. Cool. <sighs> I'm not. I don't. I don't even want to tell Jack that that's the situation because I imagine he'll start crying on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he's like. He's fragile. Yeah. Described himself described himself as a big old tart the other day. Yeah. You know, what's that message? Yeah. Yeah. He's uh <laughs> He won't take that well. No. Especially if we do lose. I hope we don't lose. Be alright. Yeah, we should be alright. Um we've got no, nothing else to talk about, no other business. Nothing at all. No, not really. No no breakdowns or anything from either of us. No. We've done we've done fairly well. I, 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 one sort of one one sort of general like announcement like the the fancies league situation like the amount of people that are starting to use Arsenal players we do check we we have time on our hands we're not gonna you know there's one person and just I just want to make this clear that when he says we he means him yeah that's 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 fine um, but uh, we won't mention your kind of FIFA in the middle of the day thing. Um, no, I, I uh, FIFA in the middle of the day is fine. It's, it's when you, I, I do enjoy the fact that, that you, that's a good allocation of time. You, 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 you go through a fantasy league with a fine tooth comb all the way through and discard of anyone apart from the lad Rule, who's rules bottom. are good. Rules are good. They, 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 they're there for a reason. And 
for people to flaunt them, including Connor Kelly, by the way, who was previously a friend of the show and now just a... He's no longer a friend of the show. No, no, he's suspended from friendship. But um, the only person who's exempt is the person who's last because I think it's just like a double shame. If you're, if you're, if you're actually cheating and you're still last, then you should stay there. Like, a, like you know, when, um, when villages would, would hang like a, a criminal and hang him outside the village to, to sort of warn people about what, what was acceptable... We're gonna uh, we're gonna leave that guy in just to humiliate him a little longer. I think your fantasy team's better than mine and Jack's. I think um, I'm. No, your, your fantasy team is like hopeless. No, Jack's is eighty third in the league. Mine yeah. is uh, where was I? I think I'm like uh, I think I'm maybe fifteen. Where am I? I've, wait a second, I've got it here. You're last. No, I'm seventy. Matter. I'm seventy nine. I'm seventy nine. So I'm seventy nine. He's eighty summit, and you're in the top fifty. You're about uh, thirty, so something like yeah, that. You're, Thank you, Romeo. You're forty first. Um, so Jack's the worst off out of all of us. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's there's three places between me and Jack. He's eighty third, and I am seventy ninth. Although I have had a good week and gone up a few places, apparently. Okay, but yours is yours is the best. I'm uh, yeah, I'm bottom of the U Max It Writers one. That's because I got off to an awful start. Yeah, financial doping FC struggled initially yeah. through August and September. We're sustainably growing throughout the year, though. <laughs> That's um, the moral victory is mine. Uh, uh, good, good irony, I like that. Um, yeah, I'm not no Arsenal players or anything, so I'm happy. No Charlie Adam. Yeah. No John Terry. Reminder. No Charlie Adam. <laughs> Who'd picking Charlie Adam? Many people pick him. <laughs> Have you got rid of people for having Charlie Adam? Yeah. <laughs> No, the, the rules are there. You, you know, you, you sort of people try and sneak in like a Hector Bellerin or an Alexis Sanchez, and you just like if we're all like the, the problem with the, the, the elephant in the room is that Arsenal players score really probably highly. make your fancy team yeah. better, and we're all willingly leaving them out. Yeah. So you can't you when can't cheat by having with, them with non Tottenham fans. I am always so much to a disadvantage. Yeah, me too. Because of the points I lose, but I'm much happier in that way. Like me and the lads put in some money to our fantasy league for like a pot at the end of the year, and they always say to me, "Why are you just throwing your money away? Because you never picked the right player." And it's like, nope, I will happily keep your pie in there instead of Ozil. I don't care how many tens of points he gets a week. No, no. got your integrity if yeah. nothing else. I, I am the better human for doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're I think we're done to be honest, mate. Yeah, we've not even spoken about any rugby, which is you know good for us. Yeah, because we're not usually trusted in this situation. No, are we? we we people complain. Even Sam Ty complained to us on air about our rugby chat. I think I think our idea is when we had like ten minutes discussing how many panels is acceptable in a rugby ball. It's eight panels. Eight panels is always the right number. Yeah, because just because it was. Willie Poaching, when he scored a try and pretend to peel it like a banana. <laughs> I'll never forget. Bringing the game into disrepute. <laughs> yeah. Um, how 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 good that was. And I'll never forget the day as a as an adult where I looked back and went, hang on, Willie Poaching has got a hilarious name. And I never realised that as a child. Endless humour. That his name was some sort of cooking of a penis. I think we found a show name, Cooking a Penis. Uh, that, 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 that was sore on the SEO ranking yeah that'll brilliant. get through on uh, yeah, I think you should thank me that I didn't call the last episode Sex Pest Seb I, was, I genuinely typed it out I, I, I actually, I, the thing is I, I do actually want to thank you on, on air for that because 
I thought, having asked you, I just thought, no, he'll ignore me. No. And he'll do it anyway, and he'll cackle while he does it. I genuinely did. Uh, I had that moment. I gave myself the satisfaction of doing it, but I had none of the guilt of pressing publish. You, Raj Baines, are a better so person I, than I thought. <laughs> a better person than you thought. Um, yeah. That's, that's going to be on my epitaph. Better person than most people thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I, I changed it to the Titan of Tinder. Just, you know, similar theme, less... Uh, yeah, less um, <laughs> less libelous. Yeah. Um, yeah. But given your 37 record with your 25 to 35 demographic. You, you know what? I've come, uh, come to the conclusion, though, in that, like, I don't, I don't want to be anything other than alone. Can you, like, can you, like, spend a good month on it and then I want you to write an article about your experiences on it just as a... As somebody completely new to it, I, 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 not as like a piss take or anything. I genuinely enjoy like a an a thousand word review of your experiences on Tinder, and we can publish it. It'll be the first article we publish on rtrpod.com. Well, the, but this is the thing, mate, <laughs> and the only one, the only one. So that when I I, I I don't think I ever will have any experiences on it because I I really enjoy. I was thinking on the train yesterday. I was just thinking. God, because I, I I was in a I'm uh, I've been in several long term relationships and and one of them I was I was living with um, uh, a girlfriend a few years ago and she's great and I I, I don't mean anything nasty about it, but I, I kind of I hated the restriction of freedom and not like sexual freedom but like just general do what you want all the time watch eight hours of football on a Sunday kind of freedom and I I sort of I think I generally am going to become one of those people that just gets old, alone, buys a snake, maybe, as company. And, 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 that, and that'll be fine. Buys a snake? Yeah, but that's just your kind of like, your typical, like, alone, sad old person pet, though, isn't it? No, it's it? not. It's snake. a cat. Nobody buys a snake as company. Oh, no, no, no. Have you never heard of that story of that single woman who had a snake, who she'd, like, she was in good enough uh, relationship with it that she'd let it out, and at night it got into the habit of lying next to her in bed and stretching itself out, and she thought it was behaving weird because it stopped eating for like a period of like two, three months whenever she tried to yeah. feed it anything. So she took it to the pet, and the not the pet, the vet, <laughs> and she took it to the pet. Um, yeah, she took it to the vet, and the vet says you you can't take it home anymore because it's starving itself, so that it can eat you at night because it's stretching its body to be longer than you. So you can't have a snake wow. because they starve themselves no, and I wasn't, attempt I, I, to I, I eat you whole. I wasn't going to get a wild snake and just let it roam no, around the house. Not any snake, you cannot house train a snake. I don't want to house train you, a snake. I've got I'm images of you walking around a... Bath looking at tugboats with a snake on a leash. No, but there's just snake on a leash is another That is the pod title. <laughs> no, but I, I don't I don't mean like snake is in, you know, oh, right, okay, into my house you come, you have the living room, you stay in there and slither around and I'll have this. You'll have like no, a rept- reptile house by the end of it. Well, like your thermostat will be constantly on because you've got these tropical tarantulas and all sorts and crickets oh, constantly no, chirping right. in the background. No, mate, can't it's a slippery slope. Mm. Please don't, yeah. please don't become that person. Okay, all right, no snake. I'll, uh, yeah, just get a cat or something normal. Don't get a dog because I don't like dogs. Oh, I'm not really a dog person. No, no I, I, uh... all three of us are dog people. I think that's why the podcast works. It'd be quite cool to have like a novelty pet, like a, a like something that was no, 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 not a bird, but like a a really small rhino. What? Like you know, like if it was a cat size, 
And Again, I'm not sure how well you know the Animal Kingdom. Oh, mate, I've the had... Cat-sized yeah. rhinos, they're not... I'm not sure they're too plentiful. You can't get them at no, pets you, at you, home. You, 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 could, you, could, you, you could find one, I'm sure. And you, you, you just... You, you, if you, you could put a cork on its horn so that it didn't fuck up the sofa. You're going to get animal rights activists blowing themselves up on your front door. <laughs> okay. I think we need to... I, we I, should I, stop gonna, before you start yeah. telling us about your ivory collection. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> I need to. I need to have some coffee. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, if you want to listen to old episodes, go on the website. If you want to tweet us, go on Twitter. Um, other than that, in a bit. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 